0: Hello, Baker McKenzie welcomes you to Connect on Tech, a global podcast series covering legal developments on data, technology, privacy, and security that impact your business. Here's your host, Brian Hengisbaugh, Global Chair of Privacy and
1: Security. Okay, great. We're so pleased today to have our litigator extraordinaire, Teresa Michaud, who's a partner in our LA office, uh, focuses on all kinds of disputes and litigation, particularly around uh, privacy and, and security issues. Teresa, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you, Brian. I'm really happy to be here.
1: So we're going to be talking today about CCPA, California Consumer Privacy Act, and the private rights of action embedded in it, which particularly scares me the most out of everything in CCPA. It's the, the private rights of action that are associated with it. Maybe just to kick it off, Teresa, could you tell us just what, the, what are the basics? What what private rights of action are actually embedded in CCPA?
0: Yes, I'm happy to do that. And I think, you know, Brian, you're in good company. A lot of people think of this as probably the scariest aspect of the CCPA. And that is section 1798 150, which talks about uh, claims that can be brought in the context of a data breach. And in particular, the CCPA says that a consumer can bring a suit if his or her non-encrypted or non-redacted personal information is subject to, quote, an unauthorized access and exfiltration theft or disclosure as a result of the business's violation of a duty to implement and maintain reasonable security procedures and practices appropriate to the nature of the information. So that's kind of a long section. But essentially what it means is that if, as a result of a company's uh, negligence, in terms of keeping certain types of personal data secure, a breach or an infiltration or a theft occurs or some other unauthorized access, then a consumer can bring a private right of action against the company. Um, And that is particularly scary because essentially what it allows is a class action or even an individual suit, but we're expecting class actions, Uh, to be brought by people who haven't necessarily suffered any injury. Um, And for those that practice in this space, um, they're probably aware that prior to this point, we didn't have a statute that provided statutory damages for a data breach. Um, And that's what makes the CCPA different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I can totally tell you're a litigator as you cited the statutory text to us. And that's very helpful so we know exactly where it is. I'm just teasing you. But anyway, that's, so so I'm getting it. I, so it'd be things like social security numbers or credit card numbers or the types of sensitive personal information that have been subject to a breach notification obligation. Um, if it If you lose that type of data. Uh, And there's no other exception that applies, you know, unauthorized access or acquisition of that type of sensitive personal information and in uh, unencrypted form, then you're going to have to potentially face uh, these types of claims. And I'm with you. I mean, 700, it's up to $750 per consumer per incident. So does that mean if I'm notifying a million consumers in California, one of these data breaches I could face? $750 $750 million of statutory damages right out of the box?
0: That's right. Um, and in fact, you know the range of damages for the statute is particularly interesting because the minimum penalty is $100. Um, so we're not looking at a range of damages assessed between zero and 750, but instead 100 to 750, and there seems to be no real cap uh, on damages for large-scale breaches.
1: Yeah, so certainly a significant development because as you said, uh, you know, previously, I think the, the plaintiff's firms had difficulty ever showing, say, in a negligence claim that a particular data breach led to actual damages, that somebody suffered identity theft because of a particular data breach. There's just so much in terms of causation that it was difficult to prove. But this sort of helps the plaintiff's firms get past that to a certain extent because of the statutory damages there. Yes, that's absolutely right let's broaden our scope so we know so we know if nothing else right now we know we have to double down on the security controls that we have for this type of sensitive personal information Um, We've always been concerned about it because we've never wanted a data breach anyway, but maybe there's extra emphasis to it now for us. But are there, do you get the sense listening to what's going on in the market and and watching what's happening with the the court proceedings that the plaintiff's firms might try to push beyond this and try to assert, you know, broader claims over CCPA? Or what do you think uh, might happen here?
0: I absolutely do. I think um, kind of the talk amongst the plaintiff's spar that I've been privy to in some industry conferences that have been held recently, um, we've learned that the the of spar is planning to challenge some aspects of the law. For instance, um, there's a question as to whether the compliance provisions of the CCPA could be used as a predicate for bringing an unfair competition law claim in California. Um, some people might know that as the 17200 claim. And um, they've raised particular concerns about whether the language in the statute would prevent them from doing so. There's also been discussion about using um, the request to know and the request for deletion as a way to test companies' compliance with the statute. And then if companies make representations about, what they are collecting or how they are using the data or even the purposes for using the data that do not correspond with their responses to those types of requests. Uh, What we're expecting is the plaintiff's bar will argue those give rise to additional causes of action such as a breach of a rep or a warranty or even a breach of contract. So we do expect to see some Um, different types of claims being brought outside of just the allegation that, um, you know, a consumer has a class action claim due to a data breach.
1: Very nice. Okay. So in in the face of all this, do you have any practical tips? What should companies be doing in, in the face of all this potential private litigation?
0: Right. So in addition to, you know, the great things that you mentioned about checking these specific types of sensitive personal data and the security measures in place to protect them. I think, um, you know, having the proper notices in place on the website and a clear plan of how to respond to these requests is kind of a first line of defense to litigation threats or litigation risks. Um, And then, you know, ultimately kind of keeping track of how the law develops in this area, because I do expect that the first few lawsuits filed to test these different methods for bringing litigation are going to hit a few companies. um, And the law is going to develop through the courts, because unfortunately, the statute itself is not yet clear on a few of these points. Um, In addition, I think if, if a company receives access or deletion requests from repeat individuals, um, if there's a way to track that and then to do a little bit of due diligence on those particular consumers, I think that would be wise in the situation to try to monitor whether or not that is a test coming from um, someone who you know, wants to file litigation and is looking for a way to develop uh, a basis for it that way.
1: All right. Perfect. Super helpful. Uh, and we'll, of course, stay tuned on this. We know that there are 49 other states out there who are all in the midst of various iterations of their own type of legislation on this. In fact, I was looking at Massachusetts, which seems to embed a private right of action across the entirety of the privacy statute with with statutory damages. So much more to come. You know, that's a bill. So we'll see if it actually makes its way into law, but much more to come. Teresa Michaud, litigator extraordinaire out of LA. Thanks so much for being here.
0: Thank you very much, Brian. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast when we connect on tech. For more information on data and technology, subscribe to our blog at connectontech.com or visit our website at bakermckenzie.com.